Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, AJ Hogue, where AJ's more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's AJ with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. Hi, I'm AJ Hogue, the author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native. It's a good time to join my VIP program. Commit to that program to speak English powerfully, speak fluently, think in English, speak English effortlessly. It's very simple, very easy. Just join my VIP program every month, every month, every month. You get new lessons. In fact, every 15 days <laughs> every two weeks you get new lessons just download and listen every day listen that's your main job of course with energy with good energy with good concentration with good focus with your shoulders back and your head up smiling I recommend as you listen to your VIP lessons every day, I recommend moving your body a little bit. Go for a walk. Or indoors. It's cold now, so maybe you're indoors. Indoors, you know, stand up, walk around the room a little bit. Just move your body a little bit. It increases energy. That helps your concentration. That will help your learning. It seems like a small thing. It is a small thing, but powerful. So as you listen to those VIP lessons, keep your energy level high, your physical and mental energy. Keep that energy level high. This will help so much. You will improve much faster doing that. Now, speaking of winter, it's cold now. <laughs> Winter time is here in Japan. We had a late arrival for winter. It's been so warm and so nice all through November and even the first week of December. But now we have winter weather. Now it's cold. It's uh, I'm talking to you today. You might hear the wind even today. Today I'm on the rooftop. That's why I'm getting a lot of wind right now. I'm on the rooftop of what's called Namba Parks. Namba Parks. It's a rooftop park. It's, it's quite nice. I've talked about it before. Namba Parks is a mall, shopping mall, with lots of restaurants too, coffee shops, lots of different shops. It's next to Namba Station in Osaka, Japan. Namba Station. One of the big main stations of the city. So Namba Parks, it's kind of a mall, several levels, and then on the top, on the roofs of Namba Parks, they have parks. That's why it's called Namba Parks, with lots of little trees and bushes and, and flowers, and it's quite nice, actually. But today, it's cold up here. Cold up here today, and it's windy and cold. It's winter. <laughs> now, yesterday, I tweeted, and on Gab, I said... New show today about more inf more about the introduction 
for seven habits of highly effective people. And I said, it's coming. And then I didn't upload it. <laughs> and uh, I think I was just being wimpy. I was being uh, being weak <laughs> because it was cold yesterday. I usually record outside and I'll, uh, I don't know. I kept procrastinating, right? Delay, delay, delay. And then I didn't do it yesterday. But here I am today. I'm here doing it today. Ugh. And it's even colder today. So it was a big mistake. Let's continue with the introduction to the book, Stephen Covey's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Now this weekend, we'll start with chapter one. That'll be on video, live video first. And then of course, I'll add the audio to the podcast. But for the introduction, I'm just doing audio only. And we talked about character last time. Remember the the difference between uh, uh, character and techniques? Character and personality, right? Well, continuing with the uh, introduction, let's talk about other ideas that are in the introduction. In the next section of the introduction, Stephen Covey writes about habits. That's a topic we have discussed before. I have my own ideas about habits. You probably have your idea about what is a habit? How do we make habits? But uh, Stephen Covey, his idea about habits, he, he says in the introduction, he believes that habits have three parts. Three parts to make a habit. Uh, number one is knowledge. What to do and why. Knowledge. What to do and why. The second part of a habit is skill. How to do it. How to do it, right? The ability to do it. You may know, in fact, this is quite common in life, that you know what to do and why you should do it, but you don't know how to do it. Or you're not able to do it, right? And then the third one is desire, which is motivation. You want, you really have that strong desire to make the effort, right? It's right effort. I just, I talked about that in a recent show. Right effort, correct effort, good effort, desire, motivation, similar ideas. So these are the three parts. You have to know what to do, knowledge, how to do it, able to do it, skill, and then want to do it again and again and again, desire. Those are, those are kind of three nice ways of thinking about a habit. And especially, of course, in this book, he's writing about how to create positive habits, good habits, right? It's the seven habits of highly effective people. There are seven positive habits, seven effective habits, seven good habits. So he's teaching us how to create good habits, things you want to do, because we all know in life... Sometimes we want to do something, we ha- or we have an idea of, we have the knowledge of, oh, this, it's good, it's good to exercise, right? Everybody knows this in life, it's good to exercise, it's good to exercise, you should exercise every day. Some people have that habit very strongly, and other people don't. Other people have the knowledge, they know they should exercise, they know it's good, they know why, 
In fact, some people have a lot of knowledge about exercise. They know the science of it. They know how your body will change when you do this kind of exercise or that kind of exercise. They know the difference between strength training and endurance training and flexibility training and high-intensity workouts and low-intensity and moderate-intensity. They can talk and talk and they know all of this knowledge. And they know why it's useful and effective. But they don't do it. They don't actually do it. So that shows that knowledge is not enough. I'd say, you know, you know this is the problem in school. <laughs> schools. Schools are completely focused on just this part, just knowledge. And schools completely ignore the other two parts that Covey's talking about, right? So we get, we memorize and memorize and memorize all this uh, information in schools. At least for the test, uh, often we memorize it, then take a test, and then we forget most of it. That's the pattern. Uh, That was my pattern for sure. I think that's most students' pattern. That's the school way. Not very effective. But, but it's kind of, the, it is a necessary part. You, you need some knowledge. So for example, for exercise, you at least need to understand the basic ideas of exercise. Why is it important for you? Well, you know, it helps your heart, helps your lungs, helps your immune system, makes you feel good, gives you energy. And you should know kind of at least the three major kinds of exercise, right? You have kind of that uh, endurance we call it slow burn sometimes because of the book slow burn um some people call it cardiovascular (laughs) cardio means heart vascular means like your blood vessels and that the 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 pipes the tubes in your body that carry the blood so it's basically the blood circulation system cardiovascular because that kind of exercise is really good for your heart and your lungs and the blood all of that. Endurance. This, these are things like walking and jogging, longer distances and cycling and that kind of stuff. And then the other, another major kind, probably the other, the other, the second major kind of exercise is strength training. The muscles. And also the bones. Right? Strength training benefits your muscles, benefits your bones. Actually does it benefit your heart too. But it's a very different kind of exercise. These are this is like weightlifting, body weight, like push-ups and pull-ups, kettlebells, lots of ways to do it. And then the third one is flexibility, which is stretching, uh, yoga, especially the more gentle kinds of yoga, and that's where we just try to make our body more loose some uh, kinds of Tai Chi are like this Qigong right these Chinese systems where it's focused on being able to move your body easily so that your muscles are soft and you can stretch and you have good range of motion so those are the three basic kinds of exercise you probably should at least know that it's good to know that because if you don't have that knowledge then you might focus too much just on strength, for example. 
which is fine to get strong. It's really good. But, you know, maybe your energy won't be so high because you're not doing any endurance at all. Or maybe your muscles get really tight if you're not doing something for flexibility. It's nice to do all three. Different people, you know, you, it's quite normal for in exercise. Some people like to focus on one area or they're strongest in one area. Some people are good at building muscle. They love to do strength mostly. Others are more endurance focused. But it's just good to have that knowledge, the general knowledge, so you understand at least that idea. You don't need to understand the chemistry of your body to, be, to do well with exercise or even to eat in a healthy way. That's not necessary. I, that's why I mean, I think in, in our modern world, people focus too much on the knowledge. They, they go too deep. They focus much too, they stay too long, too much energy focused on just the knowledge only. There's a lot of people, you find this online on the internet a lot, uh, in this, especially the area of health and fitness, where oh, they, clearly they have a huge amount of knowledge and they're, they're writing articles about different kinds of exercise and they, they're describing the biochemistry, you know, what, what happens chemically in your body when you, you know, go for a long walk or when you lift the heavy weights and the hormones and the, all of this stuff. And it's very, very complicated. It's interesting, but it is completely unnecessary. You do not need to know any of that. Not at all. To be healthy and strong and have a good, good fit body and, and exercise well and... You don't need any of that. Jack LaLanne, that's one thing I loved about Jack LaLanne. He was, you know, a big famous pioneer guru of exercise and health in America. And his books were great because he didn't he didn't ta- he didn't talk about all that. So now modern day, so many writers about health and fitness, they focus on all that chemical stuff. Jack Lane didn't. He just told you, here's how, you know, eat these healthy foods, eat real food, healthy food, and do exercise. And he, he just, he didn't talk about the chemistry. He didn't care about it, right? It was obvious to him the benefits. So we want knowledge, but you don't need too much knowledge for habits. To build a good habit, don't get lost in the knowledge. I think people, I think a lot of times people will... They focus on the knowledge because it's easy. It doesn't require much effort. And so they'll keep just knowledge, 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 knowledge because they don't have to take action. So they kind of use the knowledge part, focusing on the knowledge too much. They use that to avoid taking the difficult actions. And we have to take action to make habits. I've met several family members <laughs> like this with exercise, right? They, they can talk and talk and talk and talk and talk about eating healthy and exercising, but they don't do it. So next is skill, how to do it, how to do it. Now, of course, you have to do that too, right? You need the basic skills, the basic ability. I'll continue with the exercise example because it's so simple. So let's say you want to do, you, know, you want to get, do more exercise. You have the knowledge. You understand the basic. You know, you need some strength. You need some endurance. But then you say, oh, how do I do it? How do I do it exactly? Well, you need to know so you don't hurt yourself. For strength, for example, if you're going to lift weights, which exercises should you do? Well, you, that's knowledge. 
So maybe you choose the, you know, the main big exercises for lifting weights, the squat, the deadlift, the bench press, the overhead press, pull-ups maybe. Well, now you do need the technique, right? You do need to learn the actual skill, the technique. You know, you can get it from videos and then you have to actually practice. So how to properly do a squat, because if you do it wrong, you can hurt yourself and get an injury. So you need to know, you know, how to do the position. And probably you want to practice doing the squat technique with light weights first. Don't immediately start with very heavy weights. You want to get the skill, you know, get the, make sure your technique is very good. So that's the ability. That's the skill. You got to practice that. That's something you have to do. It's not enough just to learn it. You have to practice it. It has to be practiced a lot. And of course, some skills are quite simple and fairly easy to learn. I would say weightlifting is one of those. It's not very complicated. You can learn basic techniques for the squat and the deadlift and bench press, uh, overhead press. You can learn that very quickly. And just, I don't know, a couple weeks of practice, you should be good enough to not hurt yourself. And of course, other skills are much more difficult to learn and they require much, much, much more practice. I would say golf is one of those that requires so much practice. So there's the skill and then finally the desire, the motivation, and this is the psychological part. Right? This is the part of getting yourself to actually do it. You know what to do, you know how to do it, but now you got to go to the gym every day or several times per week and you have to put the weights on the bar and lift it. And it's sometimes you're tired. Sometimes you don't feel like it. But you, you got to do it every week, every week, every week to get the benefit. And so that that is the psychology of desire and motivation. And you got to figure that out for yourself. You have to find ways to stay motivated so that you keep going you keep going you try to make it enjoyable right you try to make it interesting you remind yourself of the benefits all of that stuff so i think his uh, his ideas about that are pretty good Stephen Covey's those three parts of a habit quite nice it's a good way to think about habits and creating especially creating positive new habits that you got to remember to do all three. Okay, continuing. Continuing in the introduction, the next section talks about, oh, what I say, uh, levels, the levels of the habits in this book, right? The seven habits. He says, there's the seven habits and these seven habits are for your whole life, all parts of your life. The seven habits in this book will help you in every part of your life. So it doesn't matter. Money, business, studying, school, your job, family, relationships, health and fitness. doesn't matter. These are very, very big general, big in general. Um, habits like life they're basically life mastery habits the seven habits of highly effective people 
and he he says there are three levels to the habits they will three levels of um, life mastery we might say and he says there level one is dependence dependence the normal pronunciation is dependence 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 the dependence at the dependence level that's when you start right that's when you're for example as a little baby or a little child you are dependent 100% dependent what does that mean what means you depend on adults to survive right you need them to survive you cannot survive by yourself you're not independent Right, a baby. If, if a baby has no adults to help, then the baby will not survive. So the baby is completely dependent. Later, as they grow, children become a little less dependent, a little more independent. And that's the second level. The second level is independence. Independence. Now, independence means you have good self-discipline. You have good self-mastery and you have um, you know the, the necessary habits and skills to live well by yourself right? you don't need other people for example for food you don't need other people you have a, your own job or your own income you don't need someone else to feed you you don't depend on them you're independent Right? You can make your own decisions. You don't need other people to tell you what to do. You can think about it and decide yourself. You're independent. If you have a problem, you can figure it out and solve the problem by yourself. You're independent. Another word for this is self-reliant. Self-reliant. Self-reliant means you can rely on yourself. You trust yourself. Trust yourself. Now, ideally, this should be <laughs> our most basic goal as adults. To become an adult, you need to become independent. You need to be able to take care of yourself. That's really, when you think about it, practically, that's the big difference between a child and an adult. It's not really a specific age. It's the child is still dependent in some way sometimes just emotionally dependent they're just they have no confidence they can't make decisions this is quite common now to find people who should be adults you know they're 25 they're 28 years old they're 30 <laughs> or more they should be adults they look like adults but emotionally they're not adults Mentally, they're not. I mean, they maybe they have a job. Maybe financially, they're independent. Uh, at least they have a job. They have some income. They can kind of, you know, feed themselves, basic stuff. But but something like emotionally or mentally, they're not quite independent yet. They can't make decisions themselves, especially difficult decisions. They still need someone to tell them what to do, to take care of them. They're still dependent in some ways. So Stephen Covey says, well, we, uh, that's not good. That's not healthy. We have to become independent. To be real adults, you have to become independent. That's the second step or stage that's very, very important and necessary. You must achieve that.
But it's not the final one. It's not the end. Because after you become independent, right? Self-reliant. You can trust yourself. You have good self-discipline. You can do what you need to do to live and survive and have a good life. But then, what's the final step? The final step is interdependence. Inter. Inter means between. A connection between other, in this case, between people. Interdependent means now you're going to contribute. It means you're not just alone. Right? You can be independent and very alone. Just take care of yourself and only yourself. It can be very selfish. It's possible. But when you are interdependent, now you are contributing to a group. You know, most likely, most commonly, a family. So you achieve independence first. You can take care of yourself. You have good skills. You have good habits. Well, now you're going to help yourself, but not only yourself. Now you're going to also help others. You're going to contribute. You're going to use your independence, your skills, your abilities to work with other people. So this is kind of cooperation. You're cooperating with others. You cooperate with other independent adults in, as a team, as a family, as a group. And then also, of course, you will take care of dependent people, most commonly children, well, sometimes even when people get very old, they're dependent, right? Physically, they start to get weak and you have to help them out. So you're not just selfish completely. You become independent, but then you keep going and f you become interdependent so that you are helping the whole group. So he's saying in this book that we're going to learn these habits. The habits are designed to take you and I, starting at dependence, kind of weakness, really, and then first take us to independence, where now we are strong individuals, and then from there take us to strong interdependence, where we become contributors, leaders, good members of our family or society. The first three habits we learn are focused on independence. They're focused really on you, on achieving what you want, on really taking care of yourself. And then the, the, the rest of the habits are focused on you and other people. My VIP program is a very independent program. With my VIP program, you can learn by yourself. That's what's great about it. You don't need, don't need to go to a school, don't need to pay a lot of money, don't need to, um, you know, to have a conversation partner. None of that really. Designed to be very independent, so you can be independent because that's a very important step. You download the lessons, listen to them every day with good energy, and you will succeed. You will speak fluently, confidently. You will speak effortlessly. Eventually, you will think in English. 
Join my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. EffortlessEnglishClub.com. That's my VIP program, of course. A good combination. You can add the pronunciation course also. They work well together. VIP plus the pronunciation course. What if your level's a little bit lower? You think, hey, Jay, I don't know. You know, VIP may be a little too advanced for me. I'm kind of a low intermediate. Well, then you can instead get my Power English course. Or if your level's quite low, you're not confident, you think you need something very easy, fairly easy, go with my original course. You can read about all my courses at the same website, EffortlessEnglishClub.com. EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Join my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Okay, the final part of the introduction. One more idea he gives us in the introduction. And he starts this uh, section, this last section, with a very famous story. It's the story of the goose with the golden eggs. The goose with the golden eggs. A goose is like a duck, (laughs) but bigger. Like a big duck, basically. <laughs> the goose with the golden eggs. It's a very famous old story, right? It's a, there's a farmer. He buys a goose. Gets a goose. And uh, this goose is kind of magical. It has a special ability. Because one day he's very surprised. He comes and he finds a golden egg. It's an egg of gold. The goose produces, makes a golden egg. It's gold. Of course, he's super happy. Wow, this is great. Woohoo, money. Show me the money. <laughs> so the farmer's really happy. He gets a golden egg. Money. How lucky. And, uh, oh, he thinks, oh, maybe this is, maybe this is, you know, just good luck magic or something. But then what happens? I can't remember the time, but later, maybe a week later, let's say, or a month later, the goose makes another golden egg. Oh my god, amazing, yay, woohoo! Right? And now the the farmer's really lucky. And then another month, another golden egg. Man, he has the goose that makes golden eggs. And this goose is going to continue to make eggs, right? Each month. Another one, another one, another one, another one. This guy has, uh, you know, an amazing, what would we call this? An asset, right? Robert Kiyosaki would call this an asset. Something that produces income. Something that produces uh, cash, money. In this case, gold. But... Guess what happens? If you may know the story already, what happens next? The farmer gets greedy. He starts to get impatient, right? Because he, he has to wait a month for the new eggs. So he gets one golden egg, and then he's got to wait, wait, wait. Oh, and then another one. And he starts thinking, this is too slow. I, I want them all. I want all of the eggs now. Then I'll be super, super, super rich. Be a billionaire, right? Just give me all of the eggs now. I don't want to wait a month for one by one by one. It's too slow. So what does he decide to do? 
Of course, it's a, it's a kind of a silly story, but he's, the farmer's really stupid. So the farmer kills the goose. He cuts open the goose. He cuts him open. He cuts open the goose, kills it, cuts it open. He thinks he's going to find inside the goose. He thinks he will find, you know, a huge number of eggs, like a hundred eggs or a thousand golden eggs. Which is, of course, stupid, but it's a story. It has a message. <laughs> but, of course, what does he find? He finds nothing, right? Because the goose doesn't have a huge stomach full of eggs. The goose is making the eggs month by month, right? It's a process. It's a slow process for the goose to make the eggs. So, he cuts the goose open. There's nothing inside. Ah, and now what? Well, he killed the goose. So, no more eggs. It's over. It's finished. He killed the goose with the golden eggs. Right? And, of course, then he's sad. Well, it's a good story. And uh, Stephen Covey, in the book, he uses the story to show the difference between an asset. There's our great word from Robert Kiyosaki, an asset. And a product or cash flow. They're different. Right? Or income is probably the word Kiyosaki would use. An asset and income. The goose is the asset, right? The goose is the asset. The goose is the thing that makes the income. Right? It's kind of the, it's the, we could look at it like a factory. A factory is an asset. And what does a factory do? It makes things, like a car factory, right? The factory is the asset, and the cars are the product. The goose is the asset. The golden eggs are the product, or the income, or the output. So the asset is long-term, right? It's It's something that is valuable long-term because it creates. It's, it's something that can create v- something valuable. The asset creates value. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's a product. Whatever. But it's the, it's the main thing that's cr- doing the creating, the process. That's the asset. And then the product, that's the actual thing that you get from it. That's the thing that it, the asset creates. So if it's a business, a business is an asset, right? What does the business make? It makes money. So the cash, the cash is the product. He used, in the introduction, Covey uses, uh, he calls it product and product and production capability. Production capability, production ability. I like the word asset better. Asset and product is, I think, is better words. But he says this, this is actually a very important idea, the goose and the golden egg, because it's important in many, many, many areas of life, because it's always a balance. We always have this balance, and we always must be careful about being greedy. We must be careful because it's very easy to focus only on the product, right? Only on the benefit, only on the income. And to focus too much on it, and if we focus too much on it, then we abuse the asset, or then we he can even kill the asset. And then it all disappears. 
So his warning in the book is that you have to focus a lot on the asset. You have to take care of the, the, the main asset, the, the thing that is creating the benefits. For example, we can, I'll give you an, a, some easy examples to explain this. For example, let's use the business example. The business is an asset and the cash, the money, the profit, right? That's the product. That's what it's creating. Well, it's many, many, many examples of this in business where someone will have a good business, a good asset, but they get greedy, right? Maybe they're making $1,000 per month, but they get greedy. They want more. I want $2,000 a month. I want $5,000 a month. So what do they do? They make changes. They change the business to get more money short term. Maybe they cut their costs. They fire a lot of employees. Maybe they make a product and they make it more cheaply, right? They use cheap materials to make the product. So now the product is cheap, is, is more cheap. It's more easy to break. They make these changes and in the short term, maybe for a few months or a few years, they do make more money, right? They get more income, more profit. But what happens? Well, now they're hurting the asset. The asset quality is going down. So people start to realize, oh, their product quality is much lower now. So they lose customers. They get bad reviews. And then in the long term, the business actually gets worse and worse and worse and maybe even uh, dies completely and gets, goes bankrupt or something. Right? Because they focus too much on the short-term benefit. Wanting more money now, now, now. But that hurt them long-term because it hurt the asset. Another example he uses, this, this is one, this not money, it's just uh, relationships, human relationships. Imagine a relationship with another person, a friendship. You have a friendship. The friendship, the, the relationship itself, right? The, those deep feelings for the other person, that's the asset. But there's also the short term. Right? That's like the, that's what you can get from the friend. So for example, some people will focus on right now. Like they, so they will, maybe they'll lie to their friend to get something from them because they want some benefit right now. They want their friend to do something right now. So they lie to them or maybe they cheat them. A common example would be uh, borrowing money. Sometimes This kills a lot of friendships where... You have a good friendship, it's a strong friendship, it's a long-term friendship, and then one person, they, they need some money, they want some money, and they borrow money from the other friend, and they kind of put pressure, right? They pressure the other friend to give them money, give them money, and then they don't pay the money back. So they get the short-term benefit, they get money from the friend, they get what they want from the friend, but then it kills the long-term, right? It kills the asset. It kills the long-term relationship. It's the same problem. It's that focusing too much on the short-term benefit, now, 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 me, 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 now, 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 and neglecting, neglecting the, the goose, right? If the farmer was smart in that story, of course, we all know what should the farmer have done 
well, he should have taken care of that goose very carefully, right? He should have fed that goose really good food and kept the goose warm and done everything possible to keep the goose healthy and happy for a long life. Then the farmer would have gotten, in the long run, right? In the long term, over many years, the farmer would have gotten a much bigger, much, much bigger long-term benefit. But instead, he got greedy for right now. He got greedy. He only was thinking about right now, short-term. And so instead, he actually destroyed his asset and lost all of that future income completely. This is a nice idea. And it's a, tr- it's, it's a very true and effective idea. And it is a good way to think about, as Stephen Covey mentions, it's a good way to think about many things, not only business and money. It's a good way to think about life skills. It's a good way to think about relationships. And that's exactly right with relationships. Sometimes we can do we can do things short term because we want something now from someone someone like you know your husband or your wife or your children and maybe you can do something that's not so nice or say something not so nice or pressure them so you get what you want now you get your short term desire but then it hurts long term because the other person gets angry the other person is upset the other person doesn't like what you're doing They might agree, but they're not happy. So this hurts long-term. This causes problems long-term. You're damaging the relationship to get something you want now for the short-term, which is a big mistake, right? And if you do that again and again and again, just like the goose, you can kill the goose. The goose can get killed and die. And so what uh, uh, Stephen Covey's saying then for the book is that for the book, his habits in general that we're going to learn, they're mostly focused on that asset, right? These habits are assets. So you need to be patient. These, you have to develop these habits because they will give you a benefit for many, 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 many years. However, it takes time, right? It takes, these habits take time. So short term, if you're not patient and you're just like short term, no, 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 I want maximum benefit now. Well, then you will ignore the habits and you maybe, maybe you will get something sooner. Maybe you'll get something faster, but the total benefit will be much less. So he's saying the smarter thing to do is focus on these deeper habits, focus on character. This goes back to the beginning of the introduction. Character versus personality. The personality focus, the personality techniques are faster. Those are the golden eggs, right? They will give you a quick result. Much quicker. You'll see that benefit much faster. But the problem is... Without character, without character, those personality techniques can slowly destroy relationships, can slowly destroy trust, can uh, slowly weaken your happiness, make you less and less happy, little by little by little. If you focus too much on just the eggs, if you focus too much on just the techniques, just the personality, just the right now, 
to go back to our Robin Williams story. It seems like that's what he did. So it's not that the eggs are bad. Of course, the golden eggs are great. It's a good benefit. It's just you must take care of the goose. That has to be the first thing, right? That's obviously what the farmer should have done. If he just took care of the goose really well, the eggs would be automatic. The the goose would continue making the eggs. Just got to keep the goose happy. (laughs) Keep the goose healthy, (laughs) right? It's the same with relationships. If you uh, if you're married and you your husband and wife, if your relationship is strong, if there's a lot of love, a lot of trust, and a lot of respect in your relationship, well, then the small things will generally be good. Most days you're going to be very happy together. Most disagreements you will, you know, you'll talk about them you'll solve them fairly easily everything will be easier and happier in a relationship yes sometimes sometimes short term there'll be some little problem sometimes you won't get what you want sometimes they don't get what they want but if you mostly just focus on the deep relationship the long term of your relationship if that's strong great trust great respect great love it's going to be okay If Robin Williams had focused most of his energy on being a happy person, in really deeply inside, not on the outside making everyone else happy and laugh, but on the inside, well then, you know, he would have been okay. He had the techniques. He was a good comedian. He knew, he knew how to tell jokes. He knew how to act. All of that would have been automatic, right? That, that would have continued. And finally, as we move now to the book this weekend, the final message then, as we start the book, is that what Cubby's saying, what the, uh, the writer is saying, is that just focus on these habits. Just focus on these habits and the, the specific goals you have in life, the specific results you have, they will happen. Okay? It, it might take time. It might be a little slower because these are big, deep habits. But... It, really, really work hard to make these habits in your life, in all parts of your life. And you're going to get good results every month, every month, every month for years and years and years. Right? The golden eggs. The habits are the goose. He's saying the habits, that's the goose. The habits are the assets. Create those habits and they will give you benefits, great benefits in life, in all parts of life, for the rest of your life. So it's a little slower, it's a little deeper working on character. It's a little more difficult to work on your character. You have to be more patient to focus on your character. But the long-term results will be much, much, much better. You're feeding the goose, you're making and keeping the goose healthy. That's what the habits are. A good message. I agree. I think he's uh, absolutely right about that. It's a great way to think in terms of, you know, those uh, deeper fundamentals, those uh, that long-term thinking, and really the idea of developing assets. And I, I like the idea of, you know, kind of taking Robert Kiyosaki's rich dad ideas, because we can certainly, we see this is true in, with money. It's obvious, very obvious with money. 
but it's kind of taking that financial idea and uh, using that basic mindset, that basic understanding, and looking at all parts of life with the same idea. An asset, you know, the, the main thing, and then the result, right? The benefit we get. And to focus on the main thing, focus on the deeper character, because it's our character that creates the benefits in life. Don't get too lost in the short term. Now, now, now. Take the longer view. Take care of the goose. And you will have golden eggs the rest of your life. Alright, time for me to go inside. Get some food and get warm. Have a great day. Lots of love to you. Join my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Speak powerfully. Speak fluently. Speak effortlessly. Those lessons, they're the goose. You got to do them month after month. Just keep going. Commit to the lessons. Commit to the VIP program. It's just like that goose. You will get those golden eggs. The golden eggs, fluency. Speaking powerfully. Speaking fluently. Thinking in English. Go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com Join at EffortlessEnglishClub.com Join now at EffortlessEnglishClub.com Join and commit.